Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Friends, our second reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Hear God's word to us today. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with... Someone was listening. (laughs) With a leather belt around his waist, and he ate... Hey, there we go. Locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on each one of us. Amen. The opening words to the Bible are, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. If we took things literally, this would be it. Before there was earth, before it was created, there was only darkness. And so when God created, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God separated light from the darkness, creating day and night, and God saw that the light was good. If we took things literally, this would be it, the the creation of the world. We continue reading on, of course, that God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so, and God called the dome Sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day, and so on. Hebrew Testament scholar Lawrence Boat said, The ancient understanding of the creation of the world was like a separation, light from darkness, sky from water. He used an illustration of one of those cheese boards with a, a glass lid to describe it. The wooden board was like the surface of the earth with water below. The sky was like that glass dome, 
Underneath that dome were stars that moved in a fixed path. Above the dome, just like it says in Genesis, more water, water that could pour through little holes in the dome as rain. And somewhere in the vast expanse that surrounded it all was the dwelling place of God. Now, who's to say that thousands of years ago, that is what people actually believed? But if we took things literally, this is what it would be. And Boat says that if you can picture the world like that, the way those ancient peoples might have understood it, then then some of the other stories of the Old Testament begin to make more sense. Like a little later in the book of Genesis, we read, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all of the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. Can you imagine God, like, reaching down through the waters above the dome and opening a little window, allowing all of those waters to rush in, flooding the earth? Perhaps the ancient Hebrews could imagine that. Or a little later in Genesis, still, when it says that the people decided that they, were, that they would build a great tower all the way up to the place where God dwelled. I, I wonder what they thought would happen when they reached the top of the dome. Would they find one of those little holes and stick their heads through? What would they do about the problem of all that water that was supposedly up there above the dome? Of course, we don't take things like this literally, most of us anyway, although on Route 78, not far from Newark Airport, there is a billboard advocating for the literal view of creation as we read it in Genesis. And in the upper left corner of this, bu- of this billboard, there is a progression of the apes walking on four legs to humans walking on two with a great big X over it. <laughs> But for most of us living in the modern age of science and reason, we don't take these things literally. Most of us call that progression that has led to the human species evolutionary fact. And yet even for us modern people, some of those ancient understandings of God and creation still find their way into our belief systems. We may refer to God as like the man upstairs as if we could build a tower and climb all the way up to the place where God dwells. If I asked you to point to where God is, you would probably point that way, up there, somewhere in the heavens, as if God might not be everywhere, even here. In fact, Many of us are used to thinking about God in a way that echoes the origins of the creation story. Light from darkness, sky from waters, earth from heavens, God from people. A a separation. In Genesis 2, there is another account of creation in which God makes humankind from the dust of the earth, scooping together some lumps of clay, shaping it into a person, breathing into the nostrils the breath of life. And there in the garden, according to the story, those first people eat the fruit that God said they mustn't eat. And the consequence of that, of course, is sin. A a different kind of separation from God, but one that is no less distant. Now, we don't have to believe that 
that the things that actually, that we don't have to believe that things actually happened that way. Evolution can still be a scientific fact and God can still be in the midst of creation. The two aren't mutually exclusive and also it's not very hard to imagine that there is and was an understanding of the world in which there was a separation, a distance between God and the creation. So then hear the word as it comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In those days, Mark says, those days when people still thought that the sky was a dome and that God was up there somewhere watching our every move, Those days when John was out there in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins because at that time God might open up another one of those windows in heaven and reach on down to punish the wicked once again. In those days, says Mark, Jesus came from Galilee. I can't speak to it. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. Now, let's put aside for a moment the fact that in Mark, all of those lovely stories of Jesus' birth don't exist. The, the, the beautiful narratives that we just spent a lot of time talking about during Advent and Christmas, they don't appear in Mark's gospel. So when Jesus comes to be baptized by John, he is a full-grown adult. And this is it. This is, the, this is the beginning of the good news, according to Mark. And let's also put aside the theological implications of Jesus as a full-grown adult coming all the way out to the wilderness, just like all of the others who were coming from Judea and Jerusalem to be baptized by John. Why? For the forgiveness of sins? And let's just keep on reading in the text, because just as Jesus came up out of the water, it says he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him and a voice from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved with you, I am well pleased. This, my friends, is the beginning of the good news according to Mark, the moment when Jesus was baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the heavens were torn apart. Skitsamenus is the word in Greek, and the way it's described is, is like ripped apart. In our prayer of confession, did you notice it said, rend the heavens. Rend is a violent ripping. It was ripped apart. And the Spirit descended on him like a dove, while a voice from heaven cried. It says it cried in the Greek, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And there is some conversation, debate, among biblical scholars, because you is in the second person singular, questioning in this moment, this beginning of the good news. Could anyone else hear that voice that was crying out from heaven. This is the beginning of the good news according to Mark, this moment when God ripped open that dome that separated God from creation, schizomenus. And it just makes me wonder if God had ever intended for this separation to exist in the first place.
Because we don't have to take things literally. If we held to the same understanding of how the world was made that we read in Genesis, well, maybe, well, maybe then it would feel like there is a separation, light from darkness, sky from water, heaven from earth, God from humanity. But we don't have to take things literally, and we probably shouldn't. One of my favorite biblical scholars, John Dominic Crossan, once said, My point, once again, is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. I love that. But have we, over the centuries, come to believe that this separation that is between God and us actually exists as the way God created the world to be? As if this distant God is somehow far away from us in heaven, observing from beyond the dome? Or could it be that God has always wanted to be in relationship with us and with all of creation, and that we are the ones who have put that distance between humanity and God, separating ourselves from our Creator in all kinds of ways, including sin, but also by hiding ourselves in shame, in forgetting God until we need something and remember to ask, in ignoring the image of God that is in others. And I suppose I just wonder if we have things wrong. And God isn't so much just up there as we are conditioned to believe, but that God is right here in this place, in these people. And it is because of this very moment in Mark's gospel in which Jesus comes up out of the water and he sees the spirit coming down like a dove and the heavens above were torn apart, this metaphorical ripping open of the separation between God and humanity, a separation that was never intended to be in the first place. And that perhaps coming to us as one of us, God through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, might finally show us how to live in this right relationship with God and with creation. Without the sin and the shame and the greed and the violence and without all of the other things that separate us from God and one another. What if God really wants to literally rip apart the idea that this separation from God ever existed in the first place? What would it mean to live in that kind of a relationship with God? The kind in which God's voice might speak to you. You in the second person singular. You are my beloved. With you. With you. With you. With you. With you I am well pleased. which is difficult for some of us to believe, to accept that we could be so loved by God, and which also isn't to say that we are perfect in the way that Jesus was perfect. 
but that maybe when we follow his ways, when we do our best to live in the world as he did, when we do justice and love kindness and walk humbly, it leads us into that kind of relationship that God has always wanted with humanity. And this is hard. This isn't some sweet, saccharine approach that God has taken with flowery words like, can't we all just get along? This is a daily invitation to deeply, costly discipleship, and it is hard work. Dr. King's harshest criticism was reserved for the white, moderate Christian who often chose to stay silent to the world's brokenness and evil. Maybe we have created that separation between God and ourselves for our own protection. But that was never the way God intended it to be. And I think if we do listen closely, like the children reminded us, we might hear God calling us, telling us, promising us, you are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.